Hello, hello. Um, hi, everyone. It is a beautiful day today. I hope you are having a beautiful day where you are. My name is Genesis. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is the Love and Lecture podcast. Yeah. So, I'm feeling good. Jack's feeling good. We had to take a break, but we're back now. So, we're going to start off with our dating discussion, which this week is building a sustainable home or as close to it as possible. Hmm, okay. Um, last week, Jack and I started the process of putting in our summer slash spring slash summer garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spent a lot of time doing a bunch of stuff. I spent like $200 on plants, cuttings, soil this et cetera, girl et bought everything. I when I go Armageddon. when I go into growing things, I want to be able to grow things that I'm gonna use. So, of course, we got the lettuce, tomato, onion. Then we also got yucca. We got plantains. Yeah, she we bought got... a whole plantain tree from Puerto Rico. <laughs> because I want to get stuff that to me is like you know gonna be useful. Mm-hmm. So we got that. We got blueberry bushes growing, lime trees, lemon trees, tangerine trees, herbs and whatnot. herbs. Yeah, all your herbs. Oh, I got three pineapple varieties for forty yeah. bucks. You know, yeah. I I be trying. So we just put all that stuff in. I'm still in the process of doing it. I I will admit I'm a bit of a lazy gardener. Like once I put it in the ground, it's supposed to grow. I don't really. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to be better at my like follow up to make sure it's doing well. But otherwise, it's been going really well. And it had us thinking, because, you know, gas prices and World War Three rumors and mm-hmm. COVID-19 and all this other shit, obviously. Oh, and we've seen a movie called American Refugee, mm. which great plot line, disappointing ending. I yeah. wouldn't recommend you watch it. No. But just for the context of this conversation, um, it puts like the whole sustainability hoarding being Mm -hmm. able to sustain yourselves thing at the forefront because you're always thinking like dang now we've been through several world changing events in a matter of two years like if stuff does go downhill which it kind of is with you know crazy gas prices and all this other shit Mm -hmm. like what are we gonna do if something does happen hence why i got all this stuff yeah no and and i mean i think that all people should be if not prepared, you should know how to take care of yourself. And from like a spiritual perspective, I could say anytime that you've grown your own food, I am a true believer that there's a certain vibration in it mm-hmm. that when you ingest the food that you've grown yourself, you ingest that healing vibration and it can supply you with whatever your spirit could be missing or whatever could be off in you more than just on a physical nutritional level. There is something that is uniquely special about you planting a seed in the ground, watering that seed, watching it grow in the process of how like plants grow to food, I believe is something so remarkable and teaches us a lot about life. Like the fact that they flower before like the fruit comes. And, you know, a lot of times like. We, when we're in the process of development or trying to be something that we want to be, you know, it's a long time before that flower comes, you know, that's going to produce that fruit. And so I definitely think that, like, even in just the process of learning how to grow food, you learn a lot of things about yourself because you are a natural being, too. You're a spiritual being in a natural world. So knowing how to operate those things, growing food is one way to teach you how to go about that. I agree. And I, but I'm, the main reason I do it is because it's free. Not free, but you know. 
Yeah, she wanna stock up just in case Armageddon happens. I am definitely and a, we gonna live not off a hoarder, of but like a preparer. And to- tomatoes. <laughs> we got you know, yucca is sustainable. Don't don't play. Anyway, um, why are we saying all this? This is because I feel like most people on a certain to a certain extent are thinking about, okay, if shit does go south what am I going to do? I mean, Jock's family even said they come in our house, which I was like, dang, I got to plant some more. But, you know, mm-hmm. what are you about to do with yourself? Me, personally, I'm going to try to grow things. I'm going to try to create, like, you know, no scarcity. So when I buy my, like, skincare products, I buy them in bulk because I'm like, if this is the last time I can order them for six months, I'm going to have them for the next six months. Just things to be mindful of, like preparing yourself in a little bit in the future, because obviously we've seen how shit can go downhill. Number two, knowing like what to invest in. So because we have a home, like the people come to our door and like try and entice us and be like, we'll put solar panels on your home for free, or we'll give you like a water recycling system for free. All these like things that entice I guess they're trying to like scam young people with like greenwashed stuff um but I just want to say two quick points about that a like you don't own those things they'd be putting liens on your homes in order to do that Mm -hmm. and we need to be very mindful of that because like the whole um plot of the movie for 40 plus year olds is like how do we steal money from young people and that's one of the ways they're doing it so yeah, no, and definitely, I mean, I think that one thing I could say being sustainable has aided me with, in particular, if you got your own and you're not worried about when the world fall apart, like, you know, and that right. kind of security, that kind of peace of mind, you can't, you can't buy, Right. no pun intended, you know, so it's like just having yourself set up so when these things do go south or even if they don't, you know, you just regardless of what happens, in in this white man's world when the master is fighting against the other master you are good no matter what and i think that that's something that we got to learn how to do right and number two reason is because we have we as a people have to be more resourceful not just for ourselves and for our own sustainability but for the sake of this planet which Honestly, like climate change news, I hate caring about. Like I yeah. hate engaging in because I feel so powerless about everything. <laughs> like, okay, you're telling me that all these animals are dying, that all these things are happening, that I'm getting polluted, cancer, whatever. Everything is toxic. And I'm like, what the frick am I supposed to do um, about that? Walk, ride your bicycle. <laughs> like, you know, and it's it's but it goes back to the fact that we're caught up in a system and it's like, I think it's just to make you mindful so that you slowly take steps out of right. it. So point being, be resourceful. So like when I, whenever I get like a glass container, I don't throw it away and Jack hates it, but I don't throw it away because it's a glass container. Because there are cabinets in my house that are filled with all types of old tomato sauce <laughs> jars that we're not going to use, bro. So I, yes, I, I, I put them in the recycling bin at certain points because I don't want to no, deal with that. Do not... You did not tell me you was doing that, (laughs) but I'll talk about you about that later. Um, No, because glass can be reused. And not only, like, I drink out of the glasses, I, you know, reuse them for food products, leftover containers, because apparently Tupperware is poisoning you too, even if it says BPA-free, it's still not healthy. (laughs) So it's like, you, we as a people need to be less wasteful and more resourceful and those are like little ways that i've been trying to incorporate that into my life i agree but i also vowed as a kid i wasn't gonna have my house like my grandmama <laughs> house where we got the old cups from old gas stations seasonings from 20 years ago just because she's trying to be sustainable grandma where this cup this cup not even the same color as it was when you first bought it like the old Tupperware, you know, so it's like the old Chinese food containers. Like, no, throw that stuff away. My grandma would be keeping plastic wear. Like, it's meant to be thrown in the trash. You're not supposed to wash plastic no, forks. No, my, no, that's definitely my pet peeve when people watch wash plastic forks because what was the reason? So where are we drawing the line in sustainability? Okay, I get it that, like, Baroque and sustainable are cousins. I get it. They definitely related. They, <laughs> they definitely, they related. definitely cousins. However, um, I do think like even if okay, Jack B sneak throwing away my containers when I'm not looking, 
Put them in a recycling bin. I'm not throwing them away. <laughs> um, even so, though, I do feel like I try and produce less waste than, you know, my mother's house or my, my family's house. Just because those are the only gauges I have. Just to be mindful of, like, producing and using less. However, like not to a point where it's inconvenient because then when you get inconvenient and get like super expensive that's when i'm gonna like raise a red flag like why am i buying sustainable sponges from grove for 40 dollars a pack like why is this mm -hmm. my reality you know but i think that it all boils down to in a world where they're raising prices on us you learning how to grow a few things that you eat could be definitely aid you. And it doesn't matter, like, if you're in an apartment right. or in a house. Like, you can get you a little raised garden bed plot. You could grow tomatoes. You could grow cucumbers. Like, right. there's all type of things. I think that everybody should just learn how to grow something of your own to eat. And the other thing is, I feel like if you haven't read The Parable of the Talents, uh, the book series by Octavia Butler, Black Woman, um, I would encourage people to do so. Me personally, I'm like a big Armageddon, like survivalist. I like that content. So that's why I like the book. But the book is really like, I feel like is the most realistic depiction of what happens when America goes south. When this shit hits the fan, like we're going to be living a life that is depicted in these books where you have to pay thousands of dollars for clean water. And you have to, you mean, have to pay for police to even come to your door when there's an emergency, you know? And I, you, that stuff, I know a lot of times for some people, it sounds unfathomable, but if you think about it, technically our, tap water is dangerous and mm -hmm. toxic and you're not supposed to drink it so right now you have to pay for drinking water right to where if i went to somebody 200 years ago that would be unfathomable to them because i would be able to go and drink the water from the stream right you know so that just shows you that we are moving in that direction and you know protect yourself watch your six and so the main thing i took away from that book series on like this is the most realistic and not to mention that book series also incorporates like climate change into that so for example like there if um people in california are trying to protect their land protect what little homes and plants and things that they have but they're also fighting off invaders at the same time like the whole state is on fire you know because climate change so i think it's super realistic the one main point i took away from that is have a book of like native american indigenous plants recipes um you know uh what do they call it foraging mm -hmm. all of that for your local region so i'm trying to find and find a good one for florida right now but the character in the book her saving grace is that they were able to like forage and learn what their indigenous plants could be made into for food and so like that you know, sustain them. And for some people that may be a little extreme, but to me, it's just a good thing to have. Should you ever fall on, far, on, fall on hard times, should something ever happen, you know how to survive in your local area. Yeah, no, and I think it's important. Or even if you're not, like, let's say it's a lot of people getting kidnapped and, you know, snatched up. That's the true. fact that you can look around your environment and be able to be discerning as to what's good for you to eat, what's bad for you to eat, what can provide certain nutrition to you. I think it's all a part of you learning and preparing yourself for times that could potentially come ahead. Yeah. And if nothing happens, then you have it and you have the knowledge and your kids will have that knowledge because you'll still have it sitting on a shelf somewhere, you That's know? So I just think there's no downside to being knowledgeable, to at least practicing how to grow things. Obviously, I'm not going to have a whole grocery store in my backyard. But if I know, y'all, that's to be determined. I'm trying. But if I don't have to buy tomatoes for three months because I produce enough to last me, that to me is a win. And you can save yourself some money. So, yeah, y'all, find something that you eat regularly and grow it. Whether it's some romaine lettuce for some salads, tomato, cucumber, all of these things are really easy. And the other thing I want to say is some people think like um, traditional gardening, like dirt pot plant gardening is expensive. And to be fair, it can be if you're working on lower incomes. However, like hydro uh, planting, it's planting things in water. I forget the exact name for it, but. 
it's getting really popular because it's a cheaper way to do the same thing. So like some people have a, you know, little pot with some lettuce and growing directly in water mm, and just growing that. off that water they're able to get full heads of lettuce and stuff like that so there are other ways to garden that. that are less expensive that i really feel like people should look into if that is your main concern yeah grow some food raise your vibration right Hey guys, this week's episode is also brought to you in part by Valentino's Floral. Designer Brandon Williams brings an unparalleled vision and artistry to the world of floral design. Whether you need a beautiful bouquet for your loved one or flowers and decor for your wedding or event, visit valentinosfloral.com and together you can create something extraordinary. You're welcome. Okay, everybody. So... In this segment, we are pairing principles, and we are going to be talking about today a heavier topic that I kind of want to ease into. I don't want to announce it at first so people understand where we're coming from when I come to my ultimate conclusion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we know that we live in a capitalist system, which means it's based on capital. You are exchanging some good of value for another good of value based on who you got to produce it in order to make a profit. Cool. Now, in any business interaction, you have to think about what is the capital in this situation? Like what is being exploited? What is being profited upon? The original sin of this country is slavery, using people's bodies for profit. Mm -hmm. We move forward into reconstruction and you're still using people's bodies for profit but this time you're just paying them a minimal wage Mm -hmm. like the lowest possible option Mm -hmm. we move forward we've seen manifested mass incarceration Mm -hmm. coming from those two things because it's the only form of legalized slavery in the united states in the constitution it gives the government the power to regulate slavery so um The Fourth Amendment gives the government the power to regulate who is able to keep a slave because slavery is still permitted um, under incarceration. Mm -hmm. But we also see a parallel industry because many people argue that mass incarceration is a male problem, is a black male problem. Okay. To a certain extent, I would agree that it was built to target black males. Does that mean it doesn't affect black women? Hell no. But it was built to target black males. However, there was also a parallel complex built to target black women. And unfortunately, that in that, you know, institution is the sex industry. Okay. We're there. The sex in like People in the sex industry, and um, while I say like the sex industry was built to target black women, I think black LGBTQ folk have gotten swept up in that as well. So here we go. There is a popular movement, and I'll say popular in terms of like trends, not necessarily in terms of bodies behind the ideology, but in terms of trends, there's a very popular popular movement to decriminalize the sex industry, to take like criminal penalties away from people who engage in consensual sex work. Mm -hmm. To me, that is the fact that we as a people have gotten this far, that this is like a, you know, credible line of thinking says a lot to me about how much brainwashing and propaganda we've been conditioned through to throughout like several generations because if you would have asked any like normal everyday human being these are like not the main character people main character people make up like 10 percent of the world i'm talking about everybody else if you would have asked them back in 1840 if they would sell their body for money they would have been offended If you would have asked them in the 1900s, they would have been offended. In the 90s, they would have been offended. Now we are getting to a stage where it's becoming a viable career path. Well, that's because Beyonce told us on that demon time she might start OnlyFans. 
and and the institution of like the establishment of OnlyFans is a great um you know indicator of that. It's become a main source of income for people who don't have other options. And it's disgusting. Now, I want to make a comment before I let Jack jump in on this. I want to just make a comment that I um, have multiple points of reference in terms of people who have engaged in the sex industry, non-consensually and consensually. To me, there is a misconception about who engages in the sex trade. It is usually not somebody with other options. Usually, if you have come to this point, it is because you have not been given another option, which is the problem. The movements to decriminalize the sex industry and to take away penalties and all this stuff, you are ignoring the problem, the fact that these people have no options, and you're jumping to a solution that fits your needs. Allow me to profit off of sex and other people's bodies directly. Now go ahead. Um, I, it's a heavier topic for me, you guys, only because a lot of people don't know this. Genesis knows this, but I have like direct connection to the sex industry from in my past as somebody who has been a part of it on different fronts. So, I, I mean, I've, I've been the sex worker um, and I've been the, and, and when I say that, I mean like the person who is being like compensated for said acts, but then I've also been like the, the steerer or the person who gets this person to that person. Um, I don't want y'all to think I was like a pimp or nothing. I just was a dude working at a hotel and was able to supply people free rooms to get compensated. But I, I say that I've seen it on all fronts and I think that it one we have to acknowledge the fact that sex the sex industry existed long before capitalism right because no, the well, sec, well no. I, okay i'll say this <laughs> long the before sex, america long before america i'll yeah. say that before america the idea is one of the oldest professions in the world the idea of i mean even like you know the girl that was with jesus mary magdalene they mm -hmm. said she was a prostitute so this just gives you an idea of how far back this thing goes I was saying, as somebody that has been on both fronts, people get in that work when, A, one, you feel like you don't have any other option, and it can start. See, the thing is, and now I, I, we live in it. I got to get a little bit spiritual on y'all. These behaviors get introduced to us when we are a kid in such subtle ways that you don't recognize. And when I say that, I mean the idea of sex within itself or sexual relations and how we come about sexual relations. And it could be something as simple as like a molestation in your childhood or a sexual assault in your childhood that gives you, or it could just be the fact that your parent, you never seen nobody in a stable relationship, you know? So they give you diminished understandings of how sexual relations in a healthy format work or even just healthy relationships generally not having to do with sex because everybody knows like the nice guy who thinks that just because he's nice he deserves sex and love and all these other things like we have a very transactional culture yes if i give you a i expect b exactly and so we've developed those mentalities when it comes to sexual relations. And I think that the people who go into a profession on it, while I do feel like it's, it's toxic that it's become normalized. Right. Why? Because at the end of the day, like when we had a discussion in our last episode, when you get older, you start to have a different understanding on sexual relations and understanding that, yo, it's a body exchange. And the two become one flesh for real for real like when you younger it's it's all fun and games but then as you get older you realize that these acts have left an imprint on you and whenever you sell yourself for act if you did it just because i was just being dumb fly by night and just was horny that's one thing but when you introduce finances into that act and and you uh, put a wage on it now you've sold yourself for a cheap amount and and for the money, it's never worth what you do to yourself spiritually, the damage you press upon yourself. And, you know, and a lot of times, like, 
when we think of like sex workers or prostitutes, we automatically think of like women, but we don't think to the fact that like, yo, being somebody that was in that dark world, I could tell you there's men in that dark world, both straight and um, gay. There are transsexuals in that dark world. There are straight women in that dark world. There's older women in that dark world. There are really successful people in that dark world. There are some people who I've come into contact with in that world where it's like, yo, what the heck? Like people who be millionaires, you know? And I think it's because of our ideology. We are a hypersex culture. And when you have those urges, people will do anything to satisfy them. And when you allow your flesh to overcome you, it can make you do things that lead you in potentially dangerous situations because you're not thinking with your mind, right. you're thinking with your body. And you know, and a lot of times our bodies, our bodies are naturally destructive, bro. If you let your body run itself, it'll run you into a ground. You know the desires of this body. And so I think that when you mix the desires of this body with somebody who has the means and somebody who is lacking, you have that kind of deadly combination where I say I'll pay you for your body. And, and the thing is, it all starts off as like quick, simple acts, but then eventually it gets destructive because you get with people who want to do more, who want to go beyond boundary limits. And, you know, thankfully I've never been in no situation like that, you know, but I do know women in that world who have gotten with people who have taken them beyond boundary limits. And they thought it would just be like every other situation where it was like, oh, you know, well, I thought the dude would just want some head or something like that. And it got beyond boundary limits. So I think that when you're dealing in these dangerous worlds, man, you have to be extremely careful. And I think it but all- we don't. OK, and I don't ahead. even want to take it there because we don't have we don't we should not have to be dealing in these dangerous worlds. Like, I want to make that statement outright. Like you shouldn't. We sh- we should not be settling for, oh, this happens and this is how you avoid it. We should be settling for who in my community can I stop from getting into it? You know, who in my community, can I lift them up so high that they don't even think that that is something that they have to be subject I, I, to? I agree. But as somebody who's been in, like, the slums, who have watched girls grow up to be that, who have watched guys grow up to be that, I would say it starts when you're so young. Like, it starts when you first get introduced starts, to ideas of I sex. I get that. I get that 100%. I, I but I don't want to get too much into like describing. I want to just talk a little bit forward because I think by now most people know that it happens and where it happens. Mm -hmm. But how did, like, how do we never talk about how people get there? There's never a mention of how, what is being exploited in our normal society. I'm telling you, it starts off. Okay. I'll give you a prime example. There was a girl I knew in my middle school, right? Pretty girl, dark skinned. She was one of those people who had a shape that women paid twenty, thirty thousand dollars for. She had the shape since she was younger. Obviously, in a culture where this shape is given some sort of like, oh my god, whoa, this shit fat, all of these things. This girl made a silhouette dancing video, and it wasn't her father was a pastor. I know, right? Ironic, right? She made a silhouette dancing video. And that video went viral. I remember her coming to school the next day. And when I say viral, I meant like 50, 60,000 views from overnight, not knowing nobody. That sparked something in her mind where it was like, oh, shoot, I can make a lot of money from this. So eventually it that led to, I'm going to just go out and dance. She tried to get a job. But when you show somebody, okay, I can make three, $4,000 in a matter of two hours versus y'all working in 7-Eleven. Cause see, I remember she used to have her father drop her off at 7-Eleven. She used to make her father think she was working at 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven paying seven bucks an hour after eight hours on your feet, you only made about like $60 a day compared to three, 4,000. And the objective is money. Uh, it, that's how it gets to that point. And and I would say that, yes, that's true, but it's not the most common type of person. The most common type of person is somebody who was groomed out of foster care. 
somebody who was sex trafficked into a country some those are the the sheer volume of people are because that they came from somewhere where they didn't see any other paths but one they didn't have any other people on their side but this person i think that that's the common publicized type i feel like if i drive 20 miles right now down the orange blossom trail and i ask her ask okay but girls, there are levels there are levels to the sex industry there are that's one level street corner prostitution is one level and it's a privilege level to be to have like a certain degree of freedom in your work in this line of work that is somewhat of a privilege that only some people get to see there is a whole underground online black market level of the sex industry that have millions of millions of people in it that we never even see and and that's the part that i want to really get to because I mean, if we went it. to it was on craigslist every, it's on only fans if we went Snapchat. to every prostitute on the street and tried to help them we still wouldn't be tapping into the the real dark and evil embedded in because this world through capitalism with those levels, you have to understand. Yes, and I agree with you. Shorty down the street, 20 miles away, she's the lower end version. And I hate to use the word lower end, but she is a not she's as not that high on the totem on the totem pole, pole of, of sex work. Whereas opposed to right now, there is a video girl being paid who sugar ass in the video, and she about to catch 10 bands just for popping some pussy tonight after the music video. You get what I'm saying? Like, so there's different levels to it. I completely agree with you. And one is viewed as higher end. You know, a lot of those girls end up making careers in entertainment, you know, because of that. But it's like when you say that there needs to be, you want to trace this, the, roots of, the roots of it, how far back are you willing to go? No, or not, where, where not do you want to look into? Not the roots per se, but just like understanding why we're here not necessarily describing the problem because we you know talk ourselves silly describing a problem and everybody there there is a reason why decrim ny was a i don't know if it's still active but a, a few years ago it was a very before covid it was very popular um movement of quote-unquote sex workers in the manhattan you know five boroughs of new york area who were moving to take laws away um that made prostitution illegal that means that adults could come in um could engage in theoretically consensual sex for money there would be no consequences for the prostitutions or for the prostitutes or for their johns but who's really winning in exactly. that situation? That's my point. The There's Johns big are winning. Money. This movement was maybe like a small grassroots movement of a few um, sex workers who voluntarily entered the industry. And they got a huge influx of money behind them. Where is that money coming from? It's not coming from sex workers because no, they do not have the, the funds. The money it's coming to... from the people who purchase their bodies. Absolutely. I mean, but... I think, and honestly, I'm sorry to say, I feel like it's going to be an issue for as long as human beings exist on this of earth. Of course, but it's going to continue to be an issue the more we try and pretend that, you know, there's this image of a society that exists with a sex industry, that exists with having this as part of, that exists when with When you normalize it. I, think, I, feel, I get what you're saying. When you normalize these things that it's there's... not even normalized. They're no still, quote unquote, shameful because nobody wants to admit that they engage. But you don't mm. never want... But you no, can, I think people do want to admit that they engage. You got to just different, see how it's different now. The girls be prideful of their OnlyFans. And if you go to their page, you'll see a what lot they're of that, doing on Because there. a lot of that is voluntary. You have a lot of control over your content. So that is why women take pride in those things. I think more for the aspect of having control over your work environment and less for the aspect of like being able to show your ass. You know what I mean? But okay, to get to to kind of succinct my point a little bit, I'm gonna read a tweet from Decolonized Feminism, which is a really good um, Instagram account if you like like the same type of content we talk about. So 
she says, the most appropriate term for the organized system of industries that use sex for profit is not sex work, sex trade, or sex industry. It's the military prostitution complex. Modern prostitution is intertwined with imperialism and until recently was literally run by the U.S. military. The U.S. Department of Defense didn't even have a policy against soldiers buying sex until 2005, and that's just on paper. After all, this is the same Department of Defense that set the wages for prostitutes in Hawaii and managed prostitutions, prostitution in the Philippines. Uh, I, 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 okay. And I do, while I, all I can say is a story that I know personally. When I was living in China, I do remember sex work being like a normal thing. I remember I had went to go do this job where they had me pretend I was some like huge mason stone dealer. China got some crazy stuff, y'all, but they paid me like like it made like three, four thousand dollars. Got me on a bus, drove me to middle nowhere, crazy story. But one thing I can say is they put these little cards in our hotel room of these women who were in sex work. I would say that that stuff was like normal transactions there. Even like when people would have discussions about like, you know, Yo, what you about to go to tonight? Oh, I'm about to go to my dorm room. Oh, okay, I'm about to go to this parlor. You know, so I think that in certain cultures and places, it's normal, right or wrong. But it's, no, no, it's wrong. Why? It's the only system under which the sex industry is a viable option is capitalism and colonization. From yeah, because they're paying you for your body. Right. The moment they got on these shores, first of all, the white man was having sex with animals first. That's the a fact. The boats and the horses and the cows. That who do you think in, learned? Who do you think learned how to you know? Um, suck like milk out of a cow's udder like let me just put that out there now and that's why bestiality is like a thing in right. these porn cultures then of course they found the natives and they saw us as animals so they raped and pillaged we know this the it it is in, it is ingrained in our society in our society by colonizers from day one mm-hmm why would you want to keep it alive in any form, voluntary or involuntary? That's my first thing. My second thing, you are never encouraged to be like proud of your body or flaunt or anything unless it's in service to somebody's sexual desire. Man or woman, your body is always used as a sex symbol right? in this society. Because there's a price on it. In order right. for capitalism to exist, they have to capitalize. To capitalize means to get the most out of something that I can get out of it. Right. Even if you remember like the TV Honest rate posts on Instagram back when I was in like high school, when people were like, like for a TVH rate and comment, whatever. Um, you would put a number on somebody's body, somebody's face. Oh, a five, an eight. But do you see that's Those where it are, starts. That's grooming. It's yeah, grooming. that's where it starts. It starts when you create circumstances at which we put a price on your body. Right. We and if you be, truly believe in an idea, an ideal world, you would not work. Most people believe that. Mm-hmm. In an ideal world, I'd be able to retire early. I won't work. Yada yada yada. There is no retirement for somebody in the sex industry. First of all, doesn't exist. They have to be exploited mm. till the day they die because at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to make residual now, income. Now, question, would you not consider Cardi B as a form of retirement, her route? Okay, let's, no. let me finish no. my point and then we'll go no. there. Okay. Let me finish my point. Um, They have to work till the day they die. Assuming you're not some major star, you have to work till the day you die. So if you believe that in that for yourself... You cannot also condone sex work as a viable industry. To me, the two are incompatible. Secondly, like people say, oh, I don't dream of labor. Um, I dream of a society where labor is not required. Therefore, all sex would be fully consensual and up to the individual and would not be able to be exchanged for goods and services. 
to me, they just make sense. But I think that the like white feminist movement is trying to roll into that socialism movement as well as like, a, oh, well, women should be free to do with their bodies what they want, to make as much money as they want, to do whatever they want. Who does that serve other than somebody's lust and somebody else's sexual attraction? Because everybody, whenever you talk about a job or work or or a career even, people don't like their jobs. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't like most of my coworkers at any other jobs that I've ever had. Like, jobs are not an enjoyable place for us. We spend a lot of time there, but then they're not great. Well, I enjoy my work. But I also have, like, my own... Um, okay, you work for yourself. I'm yeah. talking about, like, jobs. Somewhere where somebody else is paying you to do their... To punch a clock. Right, to yeah. do their work, to do whatever they want you to do. How can we equate that with, like, healthy sex? When you are clearly being commissioned for a service of your bot, like, it just doesn't... Point no, being, there is no, yes, there is no circumstance where this is healthy at all for no one involved. I want to make my point. There's no, well, except for the people who are walking away from the transaction. But at the end of the day, it's not healthy but for that's them not either healthy for them. because this is why, and this is to get to our point, why we have a culture of people who lack intimacy. Right. As a people, there is a problem going on where people lack intimacy. We lack the basic foundations of hugging, touching, kissing, right. cuddling, and things like Beyond that. And it's because, sex. yes, it's because we have made sex a transactional process throughout. And it's been like that since our upbringing because that's how we were groomed. And so I feel like the only way we could work ourselves out of that is it goes back to what is you have to value yourself. You know, and it's not until you value yourself that you're going to value your body and who's touching and you. And value the people around you. It's really hard for me to walk into a room and think of somebody as purely a sex object. And I am so grateful for that attribute of myself. Like, yeah. I can, like me personally, that is something I am proud of. It is hard for me to look at somebody and just see them as a sex icon. Why is it, if, if that is you, I'm not, you know, I think most people feel that way. But if that happens to be you, why? Where does that come from? Does that indicate that maybe something is wrong with the way you view people? You know, like what I really want people to be self-reflective of not only valuing yourself, but valuing the people around you. Even if it is a homeless man, woman on the street, how do you see her as an object of sex like why is that something that you can do because you conditioned your mind to be founded off of carnal desires so it's all about like all human beings everything on this earth exists at a certain vibration that's why if somebody's in like a really good mood and they come in the room and it's like oh shoot i was just feeling down i felt better they brought my vibrational pattern up when we are in states of sexual desire, it is a carnal desire. Therefore, it's a lower vibration. And so I feel like when people are in that state, that is when you get these acts because that force is what's driving you. Right. But, okay, I won't harp on this any longer because I feel like I sound really naive, but I, I want to because to me like we should really have a basic understanding of why we're doing things mm. i will say if you are somebody who believes in helping or supporting people who are engaged in sex work or sex for money i want you to think about different ways you can help and contribute like working with organizations that do anti-trafficking you know working with prostitute with with um organizations wow what did i say we're okay let me go back working with organizations that do anti-trafficking work working with organizations that support women coming out of abusive relationships working with organizations that support lgbtq plus youth these are all ways or we're or, or um helping out in the foster care foster care is a big one big point of entry as well um those are concrete ways that we can begin to address the problems, get people out of it before they even have to get to the point of selling themselves for money. 
Uh, I mean, I would say developing other skill sets as you come up. I mean, I would say it's like this. What would you do if your son was at home crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's hungry? You know, like it's real. It's real. But I would say that if you develop other skill sets and you trust other skill sets, I will also say it's about who's around you. You know, then you could find value in other things outside your body. If you knew the value of your skill set outside of your body, you would be able to do more than just sell that. That would be a cheap sell of yourself. So I would say that. Yeah. And all of this comes from a point of love. Like, I really love other human beings. I may not like you personally, but, you know, I love human beings generally. I want everybody to thrive. I want everybody to be successful, you know? I don't want I don't want to ever put somebody in a position where they feel like if they had had more support, they wouldn't have ended up where they ended up. Not to say that, you know, people who engage in sex trade have horrible lives because some of them don't, and that's cool for them, but I just want better for my people. Know yourself, know your worth. Support for this production comes thanks in part to our friends over at Rentaland Tents and Events. As a full-service event rental company, Rentaland has a large inventory of items for any event, indoors or outdoors. Their tents, draping, tent lighting, and dance floors can be used for high-end weddings or corporate receptions, birthday parties, or family reunions. They can also custom design a wedding backdrop or even wrap an entire room starting at 10 feet tall all the way up to 18 feet tall in any color with their satin finish pipe and drape. And you guys, I can personally attest that Rentaland has most definitely been a trusted partner in helping us here at the Independent Dream Factory bring our events to life. So don't wait. Visit them today online at www.rentalandparties.com to view pricing and request a quote. Or give them a call at 407-851-7368. Again, that was 407-851-7368. With a variety of chairs, tables, chargers, flatware, stemware, and elegant tablecloths, they can definitely help you complete your vision. Thank you, Rentaland. All right, and we are back with our final segment of the day. This segment is called Couples versus Curses. Mm, and this one is on the end dun, 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 of white supremacy. So as you have seen, it, I mean, unless you have been like under a rock, if you tuned into any type of media, you see there are talks of wars. There are wars going on. There are shortages in food. There are inflation rates going on. There are a multitude of new currencies being added to the world. And all of this is the end or the beginning of the end or the midst of the end of white supremacy. And we can see that due to all the things that are happening around us. I don't, I don't want to cut too deep on this one. So we're just going to basically just talk about how, like, even in the midst of the Ukraine and Russia war, like how that's slave master against slave master, how the introduction of all of these alternative forms of currency, you have to understand that we come from like a Roman-esque culture. A lot of our traditions are Roman. I mean, even if you think about it, that's why the president has to visit the Pope of the Roman Catholic church mm -hmm. you know so when we look into all of these things we can see that these strongholds that these people had are slowly dwindling away when we look at cryptocurrencies and how they have emerged how people are using them when we look at all these alternative forms of currencies and different things we can see how people are slowly slipping from the ideology of white supremacy Right. I agree. And just to back it up a little bit here, we have to understand what we're talking about, right? The institution that birthed this nation is the European empire and European practices. We are watching the real-time breakdown of those practices. Their currency is falling apart, mm -hmm. which is why competing currencies are coming into the field. 
um, their laws and ordinances are being disobeyed at a level that wasn't really, you know, popular before. But now everybody's a scammer. Everybody, you know, like nobody has a fear for law enforcement the way they used to. Um, the Catholic Church is falling apart. I mean, it has a scandal every other day. People are walking away from it. That means a lot of their re revenue streams and tithings is hurting. And if you go into a Catholic Church today, half the gospel time may, might just be spent asking for money. Because these strongholds that, the, that colonizers put in our society are falling apart now. Also, with the introduction of the information air, the fact right. that you can Google things and look up your history or look up certain questions in real time, there is there's somebody can't put a facade on you. For example, the gas prices, because this was like a real point of conversation for us for a long time during the time. And I don't this is going to air a few weeks after the fact, but very recently, um, Gas prices were steadily climbing by like 10, 20 cents a day in our and, neighborhood. And unseen before. Right. And that's a, an incredibly high rate. Like you get in your gas tank filled today at 4.10 and getting it filled tomorrow at 4.50 is like not great. Um, What's it called? Every day when we used to take our dog to the dog park, I'll be like, dang, it's 3.80 today. It's 3.90. It's 4.10. You know, it's going up incredibly. At the same time, I Googled, you know, is the price of actual oil and gas going up? Did we get so much oil and gas from China, so much petroleum from China, from not China, sorry, from Russia, that we are really in a deficit right now? And the answer is no. And I, and like rationally speaking, Russia is not supplying the United States with all of their oil and gas. So why are we having these incredible prices um, increased? It was, and also at the same time, crude oil on the market went down 30%. So it's like, theoretically, this should be a lot cheaper than it even used to be. But um, retailers were pushing up the price so high and they did this with Jack's favorite Sargento cheese too. They push up the price, they reduce the product to see how far we are willing to let our pockets go. And the second they start seeing real dips in revenue from those high increases, they put it back down. So now they've been putting it back down like two, three cents a day, which is like, that's boy, you see, like, if you took my 10 cents to every day before, I'm going to need you to lower it at the same rate. Why am I looking at 3.98 instead of 3.99? Yeah. No, I mean, definitely there has always been, and as long as the Fed exists, there will always be a form of like market manipulation. I mean, even going back to the beginning, to introducings of like but medians of it's exchange. Not, it's not about market manipulation. It's about lack of reverence for the institution of the market. So a lot of these businesses, like, you know, especially in like the 70s and 80s, you had to play by the rules of the market. And companies would always try to scam the rules to a certain extent. Whenever there is a form of crisis, they exploit that. Obviously, Absolutely, because but you are, are you are doing states. so in an era where I can look up the fact that you are manipulating it. It's not just something that I have to take because that's what it is. And I don't know why it's happening. I can look up the price of crude oil and where we're getting our oil from and see that you are manipulating me in a way that I couldn't before. Yeah, you have access to information in a way that you didn't before. And that's why the information era and the creation of the web is the is a huge factor in the dismantling of white supremacy and that's not to say that you know it's all falling apart yay like let's watch it burn down there first of all there's going to be a lot of casualties to this economic tumultuous situation that we're going to through so i want people to be really mindful of that like let's stop asking for world war three to come because that shit isn't that irresponsible number two is like we have to be very strategic at this point in time because 
there's always potential for something, another white supremacist plug to fill the vacuum. You know, like now that we are in the decline, there's always potential for something worse to take its place. Unfortunately, history has shown us that. If we aren't being vigilant in what we're doing at this point, it's gonna like bite us in the ass in a very short amount of time. Climate change is a big example of that. But even let's say we avoid climate crisis and people are able to survive on this planet. Um, things like cryptocurrency are literal tools for the rich to just bankrupt the poor. They already had the, the majority of the wealth in the United States, but now um, crypto is becoming a vehicle and to get that final 1% from the lower class. So we just have to be really vigilant about what we engage in and who you believe at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, my brain automatically goes to the fact that, I mean, all these things to me are spiritual. I believe in the fact that after 400 years of slavery, I, I believe in the scripture saying these people had a certain amount of time at which they could rule over a certain group of people. And that time has now expired. And so we see in all of these eruptions that we see in the world. I think all of this stuff was written. I mean, and even if you don't want to believe in scripture, I think to the fact that there are basic laws of karma. What you do shall be done unto you. Right. The atrocities of slavery that have been inflicted upon black people have never, ever, ever been compensated for in no way, shape, or form. So you they think don't even that. Have deep enough pockets and and, and to then try. if you really, if you really boil down to it. We were in slavery for 400 years. 400 years is a pretty long time. If they put us in that system for 400 years, obviously they intended to keep it, but yet they did not keep us in that. And because of the Civil War, they weren't so, able to. Exactly what erupted that made that white man fight against that other white man when we look into things like Bacon Rebellion. So I think that the dismantling of this supremacist system has been coming for a long time. We are just in the final stages of awakening. And that's why we talk about sustainability. That's why we talk about protecting yourself, developing yourself, finding out exactly who you are and what gifts it is that God brought you into this world to have. Because that's what's going to bring you through the phases of this era into the next era. And let me just say this, because I know a lot of people get defensive when this topic, when the topic of white supremacy needing to be eradicated comes up. That does not mean that now the shoe is on the other foot. The majority of people do not have the depths of evil and exploitation, do not have the cap capacity to be evil and exploitative to the level of John D. Rockefeller. Like, most people do not want to see white people now become slaves. And I think that the fact that I have to make this caveat to make, you know, white people and people that are descendants of colonizers feel comfortable is unfortunate, but I don't want to overlook it because I think that some people take it too far. You know what I mean? Like, oh, now it's about to swing the other way. I don't think that. I do think that we are entering into an era of more equality. P people are coming up with small businesses left and right. And say what you want about, you know, small business shopping, but it creates competition. It allows people, these strongholds, Walmarts, um, Targets, they can't dominate the discussion as easily when there's millions of competitors out there. Um, a lot of wealth is being transferred into the Black community. Now, who are we picking to be the holders of that wealth? Jay-Z, I think that's a horrible choice. But this no, is what I, I mean about, about being strategic. Like no. I will say this. I think that when it boils down to it, and once again, I just view these things from a spiritual standpoint, I would say, honestly... Genesis's disclaimer is not going to save people because if if you've ever been in the hood and you watch somebody who was like a booster, right? In the hood, we had boosters. Somebody was a booster and they stole things from people. You would always see if you visited that person a few years later, they didn't have nothing. So here they are. They lived as a thief, but yet it all dwindled away. They were not able to hold on to anything. But the point Things, I'm trying to my, make... My point is, due to the laws of karma, I'm sorry, but you cannot steal a people, have them build things for you, 
and expect to keep all of those things and all be forgiven. Are, 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 do I see black people jumping up in their arms and being ready to be violent and destructive? Absolutely not. I don't think that that's the circumstance, but I do think but that's that, the point that what was obtained and acquired has to be given back. That's the point I'm trying to make, though, is at the end of the day, that booster didn't get all his stuff stolen by the shop owners that he stole from. It, it this What I'm talking about is not a direct correlation. Like I feel like a lot of white people that have not had to think about their white privilege or their status in society are afraid that you know, if black people get power, that we are going to come into their homes and start lynching and whipping and having a direct correlation of what they did to us. And it's not that. Hey, squad, what's up? So I'm here to talk to you about one of the biggest things that has helped a mama what they elevate, which is having a designated spot just for recording. The Independent Dream Factory, located inside Studio Max in Orlando, Florida, offers affordable rates for studio space and equipment if you need it. So whether you're a local podcaster or you're just passing through and need a spot to record, the Independent Dream Factory should be at the top of your list. To get your first session free, yeah, you heard that? Free. After you join the network, use his promo code AMWIDF. For more information, check out their website, www.independentdreamfactory.com, and connect with them on Instagram at Independent Dream Factory. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Peace. Welcome back. We are finishing off our show with the damn I feel good directive. Mm. In order to feel good this week, our goal, our mission really is to set one boundary in your life, at least. Mm, I definitely feel like I can, I can work on that. You know, I let different, me, I'm working all the time, always got something going on and I think that me setting even space boundaries like okay when I'm in this space I'm not allowed to think about these things so when I'm in this space I'm allowed to, I'm not allowed to think about these things you know and just that's a way that I can set boundaries just to keep my mind at rest with certain but things. But you've been setting a lot of boundaries. No I've been doing well. Like but tell me like what do you get from that like what has been your benefits that you've seen? My benefit is, I think, honestly, I'm allowed to develop more meaningful relationships. And I'm allowed to recognize people who are more for me. You know, like I went to this event today. This old, old, old black little Christian lady came up to me. She told me she was like, my problem is I, I spend too much time fixated, fixated on the people that God didn't, that I'm not assigned to. You know, and I got to work on the people that I am assigned to and, and work on the wars that I'm that I'm supposed to be in. And I think that when you create boundaries, you allow that you allow yourself to find yourself with the people that you're supposed to be around. You're not mm-hmm. really worried about those people over there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're worried about, wow, you know, I got really good people around me, you know, right. and you allow on yourself to feel the love of, of, of meaningful relationships. And I think meaningful relationships can really change your life. Yeah. And and not to go too far either into like the good vibes only thing either, because I feel like when I set my boundaries, I only I don't necessarily want good people around me. I want real people around me. I don't want Mm. people that are going to lie. I don't want people that are going to fluff up. You know, I want people who are going to tell me like it is. And just setting that one boundary in my life yeah got rid of a lot of people for me but the people that were left it was like okay you know i don't have to feel anxious around them i don't have to feel it 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 does a lot for my mental health generally because i can eliminate a lot of these other worries that i always had going on in the back of my mind because i've just whittled down my circle to those people that i can trust to be frank and honest with me Mm, the circle may be small but it's solidified Yes. So, and, and that 
good feeling from that, you know, action is what we want to pass on to everybody else today. So as many boundaries as you may think you have, there's probably something still that you still got to, you know, set up a wall for yourself on. So we encourage you to find that thing this week and create space in your mind for less survival and more thriving. And it could be something as simple as like, you know, I'm not going to answer calls after this time or not pay attention to my phone after this time. I'm not going to check social media after this time or not even just I'm not i'm only going to think about this when i'm in this space you know like just different ways that you could go about just loving yourself right and so um, we're gonna leave you with the question for this episode and the question is let's disregard gender for a moment what constitutes a good partner a good you know opposite sex person or same sex person whoever that is what makes that person good? Not necessarily their job. Like, let's get rid of the tangibles, their clothes, who cares? Think about the qualities and the values that you value in yourself or that you want to emulate and those things that you want in a partner going forward, even if you already got one, you know, apples to apples, are they fit in that role for you? You know, examine those questions because I think that'll help us break down these gender barriers when we think more about the people inside the body than the body itself and what it's performing. Mm-hmm. Sound like 21 questions, 50 cent, you know, but no, I, oh, so yeah, man, definitely set boundaries, solidify your circle, get yourself around some good people, man, start loving yourself to all of that good stuff. That's the damn I feel good directive. And this is love and lecture. My name is Genesis. I'm Jaquil. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waiting for this moment of my life.